Welcome to Exotic Pets. I'm Tracy Hotchner, whom you may know as the dog and cat lady, but I'm wearing a different hat here. With the brilliant assistance of my co-host, Dr. Doug Mater, the world-renowned veterinarian specializing in exotic animals, we're here to celebrate all the other pets that share people's lives. This show is for people interested in pets that slither, hop, creep, fly, or swim. From bunnies to iguanas, parrots to ferrets, snakes to tortoises. Dr. Doug is going to teach us the physical requirements of these exotic pets and how to manage the often challenging environments and correct diets essential to their welfare. Dr. Doug Mater is the author of The Vet at Noah's Ark, Stories of Survival from an Inner City Animal Hospital. He is recognized worldwide as a veterinary specialist on exotics and is the author of four major veterinary textbooks on reptiles and amphibians. I hope you'll have as much fun listening to our conversations as we have had. We are proud to have ZooMed Laboratories as the sponsor of Exotic Pets. ZooMed has earned its reputation as the number one reptile company in the world, from simple beginnings 45 years ago as a passion project for one man, Gary Bagnall, who still runs it. ZooMed provides supplies and information for every imaginable exotic pet, particularly renowned as the world's expert on UVB and heat lighting. ZooMed manufactures all their reptile supplies, accessories, and tools, which they test on their own collection of animals, which surround everyone at headquarters. Dr. Doug, there's so many words that people hear and letters that people see after the names of veterinarians. There's DVM, and then there's an AP. BVP, and I have to look it up each time to be sure what it stands for. But the word expert or specialist really comes into play when we have exotic pets. Because my vet, who is who does even large animals, because it's Vermont, so they don't really go out in the field much anymore. They do dogs and cats. And they had a duck in there recently, which kind of amazed me. But they don't do exotics. So if I did have a reptile or a any small mammal, what would I be looking for? Someone who is specialized in that? And what does the word specialist mean in the veterinary field? Can anyone just say, oh, yeah, I, I really like exotics. I'm, I'm going to be a specialist and just call myself that. Now, those are great questions. And, and boy, it's, it actually opens up uh, some can of worms here and there. Um, the term specialist is a very specific term, according to the Veterinary Practice Act, which is our governing body. And you cannot use the word specialist after your name or to describe your abilities unless you have specific training and become board certified in that area. In other words, if, if you're not a board cert certified veterinarian in a particular area, let's just say avian, okay, birds, yes. uh, you can't call yourself a bird specialist. Uh, if you do, uh, the American Veterinary Medical Association can actually sanction you because you're not a, a specialist because you don't have that training and certification. Um, I want to specifically be very careful because you can call yourself an expert. The word expert oh. doesn't have any kind of um, uh, contingencies like specialist does. Specialist means there's a very specific criteria that you have to meet to be called and be eligible to be known as a specialist, whereas an expert is somebody that doesn't have to meet those those same criteria. Now, I also, just in fairness, Tracy, one of my dearest friends in the world is not a reptile specialist, okay? 
but he probably knows more about reptiles and reptile medicine than anybody I've ever met in my life. The Whoa. guy is absolutely brilliant, and he is no doubt in my mind an expert. There's no question about it. And I frequently find myself calling him if I've got interesting cases because if I can't figure it out, I can guarantee you he's seen it or he, no he knows somebody kidding. who can. So an expert is somebody who is highly experienced and highly trained, but they don't have that moniker known as specialists. They haven't passed those specifications, the testing, the training, uh, the publications that the American Veterinary Medical Association requires to be called a specialist. So, so that's really interesting that a specialist has colleagues and you reach out to each other. There's probably only 20-something active what are called diplomats of the reptile and amphibian of, of whom you are one in the U.S. It's, it's a very, very small group of people. And I guess what we need to make clear, which is why it's such an truly an honor and a privilege to share this show with you and why anything Dr. Doug tells you people, it is golden, okay? These are pearls of wisdom, is that you had to take extra years of training and internship and, and take exams it's not something that gets conferred just by, yeah, he's pretty damn good, that Doug, Dr. Doug, right? I mean, it's, it was an insult to those who have walked the walk to, to have for someone else to abuse it by calling themselves a specialist just because they kind of like snakes a lot. Well, I think, it, you know, there is it, – it, it's misleading, and I think it's disappointing when people call themselves specialists um, for two reasons. One is – it's not fair to the people who truly are specialists that have, that have right. walked the walk, like you say. Mm -hmm. But to me, what's more important is, is it's misleading to the pet owner, to the Tracy who's out looking for a specialist to take care of her canary. Um, yep. Excuse me a second. And by the way, yeah, my the father never that. took his African gray or his canaries to the vet. <coughs> what is up with that? I mean, aren't people... Yeah. Let's say lucky. Buy a lottery ticket. Um, <laughs> so, you know, if, if, if people can, people do call themselves specialists and they aren't necessarily, they aren't specialists. And again, if they get caught by, or, you know, by one of the, the department of business and professional regulations or the AVMA, they could get sanctioned and fined and maybe even have their license dinged. Um, it's certainly okay to call yourself an expert. Uh, but it's really incumbent on the pet owner. It's on you and 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 my family and you know our, our friends that if you're looking for somebody to take care of your pet, whether it's a bird, a reptile, or a dog, or a cat, or a horse, anything, that you do your research. You know, go online, look at the reviews. Um, many uh, professionals now are will post their curriculum vitae, which is the equivalent of a resume online, and you can see. How long have they been in, in this business? How long have they been treating birds? How long of uh, what school did they go to? Right. Did they go to a school that had a great training program in birds? Did they do an internship, which is an extra year of training after school? <coughs> Excuse me. Did they go on and do a residency, which is an extra two to three years of training after an internship? Did they work in a practice that uh, did nothing but exotic animal medicine or specifically birds? Um, so again, you know, just because you have a nice website uh, and you've got a really good social media presence, it doesn't necessarily equate to being an expert and definitely not a specialist unless you've taken those courses and met all the requirements to be called one. 
Well, that's a, a, an interesting point because when you say looking on the on the the on the internet, when I was trying to understand how I had misused the word about you, expert versus specialist, I called you one or the <coughs> other, and you weren't necessarily in the area that I said you were. I found a website that said it was specialists in exotic animals. They were veterinarians, but they weren't actually boarded. What is called, you know, on the inside, I like to use vet terms, boarded, meaning board certified. And board certified equals specialists. And I have the show The Pet Cancer Vet and Dr. Sue and the other doctors who came on were board certified oncologists, which involves all those extra years you're talking about, just like a human oncologist does. Absolutely. So I, I, I remember when Alice Villalobos, who was one of the first vets I met who did oncology, and she wrote a whole textbook, she called herself an oncologist before it was a specialty. That's how early she was doing animal cancer medicine. But by the same token, you have your, your colleague who's brilliant, brilliant with reptiles. He has chosen not to, or his life path was such that he didn't have the time or the money, or it didn't even maybe exist at the time, to become a board-certified specialist. So it's there may be a gray area, but if there's an organization calling themselves exotic specialists, but none of them have those credentials, what kind of legal gray area is that? Well, <laughs> that is a gray area. Um, there's only a few specialties that are sanctioned by the AVMA. And, <clears throat> excuse me, there is a group of uh, individuals that are claiming to be specialists that is not sanctioned by the AVMA. And so, again, what I'm recommending that pet owners do is do your due diligence. You know, look up and find out, in fact, is this one of these associations that is truly sanctioned by the governing body? And if it's not sanctioned by the governing body, then technically they are not, by definition, specialists. So it's sort of like, uh, I don't know, a law, a, a legal tech calling themselves a lawyer in a way. I mean, not it's not that bad, but it's a, it's, it could be you could get in trouble with the, the Bar Association. I mean, you wouldn't hire a lawyer who wasn't properly trained to do the thing you want them to do, or even a CPA probably. But a veterinarian, I mean, it's medical. It's life and death. And for a lot of these exotic animals that are really – can be complicated to diagnose and treat. You certainly don't want someone winging it. You don't want someone who's never had a boa constrictor in their hands or watched a surgery and thinking, "Eh, how bad? How hard can it be?" I mean, I'm, well, I, I, I think what you're, you know, this is a real gray zone here that we're talking about, and um, there are a lot of people that only do a particular subset of animals. Like, let's say, a person only does cats. Okay, if yes. you only do cats. You cannot call yourself a specialist unless you have taken uh, all the, the, the necessary That's steps right. where you've, you've done the residency, you've done the internship, you've published the papers, you've taken the tests, and you've proven that you can match that high, high standard. Um, somebody who only does cats but is not a boarded specialist can call themselves an expert. Right. If you've been doing cats for 25, 30 years and you go to all the meetings and you read all the papers, you're, you're probably just as well trained as a specialist. It's just a technicality. You cannot call yourself a specialist unless you meet those criteria. So again, um, it's it is splitting hairs, but there 
because there, there is that ambiguity, there are people that get out of school, mom and dad bought them their first veterinary hospital, and they just want to see exotic pets, and that's all they see, and they're telling people that they're specialists because that's all they do is exotic pets. Well, somebody who's been out of school for a year or two and have seen a year or two's worth of exotic pets, you cannot compare them with somebody who's been out of school done a year's internship, done a three-year residency, taken all the necessary steps to become board certified, and maybe have 5, 10, 15, 20 years of high intense case, you know, cases that they've learned on and taught on and written on and read about. So yeah, there's there's a big difference there. Well, so first two two things two things I want to interject before we wrap up. One is who is that person talking in the background? Is that a parrot of some kind? Oh, I'm sorry about that. It's my cat. Oh, it is a cat. I thought, well, I just, you know, I'm such a cat and dog person. You know, if I hear a duck and it quacks, I think it's a duck. So I thought, well, that must be a cat. But I thought, no, he must have some exotic avian something. And I know reptiles don't make a lot of noise. The other thing, well, no noise, uh, unless they're a rattler. And then I suppose they can rattle if they're really crabby. The other thing is when you said, you know, somebody gets out of school and their parents buy them a a practice. I mean, yeah, the old silver spoon thing. I never thought of that as being a possibility. I think of vet students as getting out and spending the next 20 years hauling around a, a horrible burden of student debt. But I guess it could happen. You could just slide into something and and take the the uh, the easy way. Well, I I just want to say that I appreciate that you have all those letters and all that and in addition, the European College of Zoological Medicine, which is called the ECZM, of which there are 270 of you worldwide, makes me really want to do some shows on zoo animals because you are in that really august group of people who say, sure, show me the zebra, and then later show me the, I don't know what else could be behind the bars in a zoo. That kind of sets us aside from our it human does. counterparts, you know what I mean? God bless. Uh, I mean, I just had my one year anniversary yesterday of my recheck from my major back surgery. And, you know, thank God for wonderful physicians. I wouldn't be literally would not be here today, but they have one species to study and we have quite a few. So it can be a challenge at times. That's even what they say about vets in general. They laugh because humans only have one human doctors only have one species. You've gone so far beyond. You're also board certified in cat and dog, which is pretty amazing because not every vet is that. And reptile, amphibian. And in Europe, you you basically, also in America, you just didn't sit for the boards, are really good on zoological. So I hope none of you have pets that actually would be considered zoo animals, but Dr. Doug could answer your questions if it came down to that. Speaking of which, do go to the website, tracyhotchnerpets.com. You'll see the exotic pets page. You'll see all of our shows there and be able on the contact page to send any questions you want to Dr. Doug, and we will do our very best to answer them on the air. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for next week because we don't know what it's going to be either. So it's a lovely mystery box. Take care. Thanks, Tracy. Bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Exotic Pets, brought to you by the fine family of animal lovers at ZooMed Laboratories, where they make everything you could need to give your exotic its best possible life. Are you an experienced reptile snake breeder or gecko breeder, or are you looking to pick up your first pet bearded dragon? ZooMed is sure to have what you need so you can confidently care for your exotics. 
If you have a question for Dr. Doug to answer on the show, feel free to reach out to me on our contact page at tracyhotchnerpets.com, spelled T-R-A-C-I-E-H-O-T-C-H-N-E-R-Pets.com. Thanks for listening.